johnsyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. We are back with another edition of SportsInsiderRadio.com. What is going on? I think I got Mike from Remote Online. I thought he was going to be off today, but he snuck in. He couldn't resist. And I got Micah, the legend next door. How are you guys doing today? What's up, guys? Well, first, I want to – can you guys hear me well? You sound worse than Dave Miller, but we still love you. Go ahead. Oh, man, it's just, we're out here. We're taking a trip to the ocean out here in Maryland, the Ocean City, with my fiance in the car. She's, she's actually, as many times as um, she's actually, we've been together, I don't think she's ever actually listened to the whole radio show. So she has no excuse because she's sitting next to me. So she, she has no choice but to hear, listen, maybe take some of the advice, of what I'm going to be giving today because I have a lot to say about these whiny, whiny, unreasonable gamblers that don't understand. I know you had a rant on your YouTube um, video the other day, John, but at the end of the day, man, I mean, it's just one after the next. They can't understand variance whatsoever. And we'll get into that in a little bit in the end of the show or in the middle of the show. But uh, how you doing, Michael? What's going on down there in Georgia? Actually, I'm in Florida. I'm actually sitting on the beach right now. So I'm kind of enjoying the, little, the, few, the few weeks off until football starts, really. So really, the only person that's missing out is John. He's not sitting on the beach. I know. We've I'm get definitely not sitting. Yeah, but see, I got some. I got I, me and you got. Listen, not to get too personal, but but you know, you guys have uh, future wives and wives, and I'm the solo guy. So you know, I'm here doing my thing. You know what I mean? Got to got to bounce bounce back and forth solo. with the kids. What's that? I'd be there too if I was solo as well. Exactly. So yeah, because uh, here's what what I want to say before you get into your rant. Uh, one thing is interesting: social media. I know Mike is on social media. I'm on social media. I don't know about you, Mike, so much. But what's interesting is the whole YouTube thing. I'll do a two-minute video and give out a free winner. I gave out the Cincinnati Reds, which we'll get to yesterday on a value play. I'll get 60 views. I will go absolutely go crazy and do a rant. 31 minutes and 13 seconds. Mike will tell me, uh, Micah, that my video is too long and nobody will watch it. 
I'll get 170 views, and I'll have people side text me saying, thanks for the video, thanks for the video. I've done two 30-minute videos, two 30-minute videos in the last six months. They have gotten more views than me giving out a free winner. And so what I'm going to just defer before we get into the nitty-gritty of sports is people are tired of the reels and the 30-second spots on TikTok and on Instagram and the little one-minute Facebook ads and the sponsored ads, and there's nothing that you can actually connect with the person on the other end of the phone. And I notice myself, you know, take a guy like Joe Rogan. I always, you know, make a joke and I say on Spotify, we're right under Joe Rogan, the John and Mike show. The guy's the most successful podcaster in the industry, in the world, and he does four-hour podcasts. So what I wanted to talk about just briefly is the hunger for content. Just like you, you guys do the mentorship with Dave Miller, and those will be Zoom calls where clients will be on the phone an hour, an hour and a half, maybe even two hours. Don't you guys see just from those YouTube stats and just from the things that are basically more successful in social media, uh, i.e. Joe Rogan, don't you see there is a hunger and a, a – uh, for content and to connect with the person on the other end of the screen, as opposed to just some guy on an Instagram, I went 50 and 0, I'm 80 and 0, I'm 90 and 0, swipe up, get a free winner now. I'll let you guys roll with that for a second. Well, the thing is that, and it's funny that you bring that up because I had a client that is a fairly recent client that signed up for a one day program. And my instant response when he buys that, are you a beginner better? You're looking to not just access the selection, but you're also looking to access David Miller's YouTube channel where there's a lot of tutorials of how to do market edges, how to be able to see and bet the right number and the timing. And there's a lot of education that goes along with it. So if you're not that newbie, that daily selection for a properly funded better is actually useless. Because what that means is that play that you're looking for is strictly entertainment, and there's a lot of volatility when you bring in individual dates. But that client is so naive because of what you just said, John, which is he's 50-0. and 0. The game can't lose. It's like I think they're so pre-programmed by the, by the things that they see on social media when they actually get a business proposal – they're not ready for it. They're not, their minds are not open to think that there's actually a business angle to this, exactly how Dave operates it, where in our world, a lot of these so-called handicappers don't provide that. Their instant gratification comes from this game is a must-win. It won't lose. It will never lose. Put your entire bankroll on it. And it really infuriates me because this guy, as – I, I just can't – I still can't picture a guy with a $10,000 bankroll to be this much of a moron. It's just, it's, it's – I, I don't know. I just Maybe I'll never understand it because it's like I'm talking to a four-year-old by text, and he's telling me on his right hand that he can bet 5000 on a big game, and he expects to win it because I, the game shouldn't lose if he's buying a one-day selection. I'm like, come on, man. You can't be this naive to think that. You're 48 years old. And maybe these guys are just that immature, that naive, where they just they can't see past just what that is, which is just more of a hype rather than treating it like a business. So 
you know, I hope that gentleman comes around at some point. But like we've said many, many times before, John, those type of clients need to lose a lot more before they come to the realization uh-huh. that they can't bet they got to trade. And I hate to say that. I hate to see people lose money. That's not the profession we're in. But some people, just like in sports, Micah, because you were a fantastic baseball player, if you're not coachable, you could have all the talent in the world and you could still never make it because you're not coachable. And in sports trading, it's the same concept. You have to be coachable to get better and not think you're the smartest guy in the room and tell me how you need to make money in this business. So we deal with this hundreds and hundreds of times. I think in the last couple of weeks it was a little bit more uh, relevant simply because Dave independently on the sides had a bit of a losing streak. Again, small sample size doesn't matter. But when you break it down, these guys, they only see the red in the last week or two rather than what about the month of June? What about the month of May? It's like the guys that get it, like I want to give a shout-out to our guy Fish in Pennsylvania. I know he sent you a really nice message, John, yesterday. He talks to me every day. He gets it. I mean, he was telling me that he used to have a similar strategy like our friend Don with Blackjack, and his advantage at times was only 2 to 3%. He's like, you, you guys, these other guys that are they're sports trading, like they don't get it how much of an edge you guys really have because they're used to making multi-hundred percent short, you know, week at a time returns, and they think it should be consistent, where a 3% edge is an incredible return in the long run, and it's a grind. So he gets it, but, again, that's a poker player that does it for a living that is using our models as a hobby, as a business investment. So he's not stressing the losses. He gets it. He gets the long game, and I wish everybody could be as smart as him. We would have a lot more happy clients, but that is the end of my rant today. <laughs> and Micah, you had an experience, which is why I did that 30-minute video where a guy was simultaneously hitting you, hitting me over right. nonsense. So, you know, what's your, you know, for all the listeners, just to back up, everybody knows my story. I'm going to be 50. I've been, I started doing this with uh, my partner, the Duke, who's passed away in 2006, working for him in Baltimore when I was 15. So I've never done anything else. I've, you know, Mike has done other things. Uh, Mike's done other things. I've never done anything else. 35 years. I'm kind of like immune. I'm like the old dinosaur. But one thing that most people aren't aware, Micah, is you should tell everybody about your college years, about you were buying picks. You were buying sure. the, you were on the phone with the high-pressure salesman like in two for the money. And so you also had to make the transition from coming from the college guy spending 20, 30 grand for hand, various different happy, handicapping services, chasing the dream to then becoming to the basically the other side and being in the, in the professional side. So give a little get, tell us about the college years of you buying picks. I think that would be enjoyable. Yeah, man, uh, I can. Mike said it best. He said, "How long has these guys been betting?" Right. So if they've been, if it's been a short run type better, he's wanted to expect. He hasn't lost yet. That has not experienced losing. They think they think they can get rich quick overnight, right? I can kind of tell a little bit about my story. My older brother uh, went to college. 
I was 16 years old. He comes back home one weekend and starts telling me about how you can make money betting sports. And I'm 16, right? And so he, so I'll never forget it. Notre Dame was playing Boston College. Notre Dame was minus seven, right, to cover the spread. Out of the gate, they were losing 14 to nothing. And I had I had bet $200 on it. And I was like, oh, man, I, I just lost everything I had. I didn't have much money because all I did was play baseball back then. Didn't work or anything. I leave, I come back, and Notre Dame wins the game 35 to 14. They never score another point. I mean, this, I was like, this is the easiest money ever made, ever invented, right? <laughs> I'm going to get rich doing this. And so what ends up happening, I experienced losing. And I experienced losing for about 15 years, right? Nonstop losing. And I finally just get sick and tired of there's got to be a way to beat this. Play, beat this. And so that, and I think it takes a losing better that's sick and tired of losing to figure out what can I do to overcome this because what I'm doing isn't working. And what people got to understand is in baseball, there's 162 games, there's 30 something, 30 teams ish, right? To the end of, the hold that a, that a player, that a professional better has, their edge is around 2 to 3%, just like in blackjack, as you mentioned earlier. And I don't know, I'm a podcaster. I love listening to how to get how I can you know, make myself a better, better. But the latest podcast, if you go to your podcast app, is Gambling with an Edge, right? Richard Munchkin, they're professional blackjack players. And they talk about going on two and three month stints of losing. They're counting cards, they're, they're, but they know the numbers. They know it's a mass game, and it's going. They will overcome that losing. And so you're talking about card counters that are playing thousands and thousands of hands daily, losing for a two to three month stretch. So, and, and and the problem with baseball is baseball is a small edge. You have all these games, so you got to let the edge play out. And somebody like David, David's goal is to win 30 units ish over a whole season, right? So you're going to have huge swings because baseball is a small-edge sport. Now, football and basketball, you'll win more than that. So you got to be disciplined. you got to understand bankroll management, which Mike and John can help and aspects of it, and that's kind of where you go from there. But, yeah, when we, in college I was buying picks left and right because I thought the game of the night is not going to lose. I thought there was such things inside information, and there's not. And so yeah, I lost. I lost my ass pretty good then. But. I mean, you used to. You used to, you told me you used to ask me, "Do I know this guy?" I said, "Yeah, I know that guy." You're like, "Yeah, I paid that guy five grand. I paid this guy twenty grand. I paid yeah, this oh, guy yeah. ten grand." Right? I'm like, "Whoa!" He's like, "Where were you?" I didn't. I don't remember uh, having you on the phone back then. <laughs> I must have I can missed tell you the how memo. Bad it was man. I had a full <laughs> ride to play baseball at the where I, where I was playing ball, right? And I would go and get student loans, right? I get student loans, then it come 100% in my pocket because my full ride paid for my college. And I'd use that money to bet with and lose and use every bit of credit card debt that I can have, run up all kind of credit card debt, buying picks, losing on games of the year, games of the night, stuff like that. So, yeah, I've so let me ask you a question. What, let me ask you a question because we've been doing business for a decade now, and I'm friends with your whole family, and I, I, you know, I love your dad. Didn't your dad lose his mind when he found out what you were doing? He didn't really lose it because he was a bookie himself. He understood what happened. He was more mad at that guy for taking my bet than anything. He didn't lose it. it. He bailed me out of of debt back then. Um, 
And then, I, you know, I took a long, a long layoff of, of trying to figure out what am I going to do. But yeah, he didn't. Um, no, he didn't lose it too bad on me. He just you know, he explained to me that I ha- I'm at a disadvantage. So he explained the numbers to me. You're at a disadvantage. But when somebody tells me that I can't do something, I want to figure out how I can prove them wrong. And even to my dad or anybody, you know, if you tell me, right. I want to try to figure out well, what can I do to prove them wrong. So that's what my life goal is to set out to find people like David that bet for a living and other partners, uh, like the, the the bot guys that we have that were the, the front the paper head counts and stuff like that. People mm-hmm. that bet for a living, and I utilize them to gain a bigger edge and, and make money of this. And it's very lucrative once you understand exactly what to do. So, Mike, are you, are you excited for football, obviously just as much as I am, or you don't really get hyped until, like, August? Yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm kind of, man, that July is really slow, but I just know, man, come, you know how it is. Middle of August hits there, hits here. We're going to be 80 hours a week, strong working, betting nonstop. So I'm kind of enjoying it until that hits here, then I'm going to be ready to go. Um, but yeah, I, that's why I love golf in the summer because it's, you know, it, you know it, it's a, a, a decent way to make some money and, and, you know, kind of pass the time a little bit until football gets here well, when the edges are through the roof. Oh, oh, oh. Off topic, what did you think about uh, Tiger's uh, little comments on Greg Norman? Or just, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Tiger is a traditional player. He understands the history of golf. So, you know, he is going to bat the PGA Tour with all he's got. Um, And it it makes sense to me exactly what he's saying. But but most of those guys, they're taking guaranteed money because they know they're not going to make that money now with the PGA Tour because they're on the downslope of their career. Besides, I still think Bryson's on the upslope. Besides him, everybody else is on the downswing. So you can't blame the guys. They offered him $100 million guaranteed. But it makes well, sense. It was what, saying, but. what was interesting was that I didn't realize, like, you have a minimum salary in the MLB. I didn't realize So I was watching something this morning on a, one of the sports networks that said a lot of these players, they show up. If they don't place in the money, they just, that's it. They're working for free. That's it. It's not like right. they're it. not they're not getting a set they're not getting like a base seven hundred thousand right. a year if you're MLB, which I didn't yeah. even realize. So I guess all these lower players are making money with sponsors that are supporting their That's lifestyle right. till they got it. Kind of like the Tour de France. Yeah. Same thing with the cyclists. Yeah. And if my question to you is, do you like the odds on Tiger? Do you think it's a square bet? Since we don't have Dave on the show today, he's he's actually doing the right thing. He's taking the kids on vacation. Um, you, you, yeah. you know, I keep seeing. I keep seeing the, con- the the commercial. Can Tiger do it again? Can Tiger to do it again? So you think that's a lot of like fake hype, or do you think the the prices are worth playing on him? I think this is the best course for him, mainly because of his he's got the leg issue and it's a flat course, right? He does not have to walk up the hills like Augusta. And uh, I think it's the best course. He loves this course. I think he's won it twice. But I think it's the best course suited for him. But in terms, I've heard I've heard a lot of news about how they see him kind of limping and, and kind of gimpy legged on the course. But I, I think you know his true price is probably should be more like 150, 200 to one. But they can price it at 80 to 100 to one because people want to bet it. That's tired, right? So I think it's a square bet to make. Yes, but I do think it's the best course for him. So I, I just it's kind of hard to tell. Now, he has talked about this course for a whole year now. How he can't wait to play it. What, do you know even – I'm sure you know I haven't looked. What are the current odds on him right now? 
you can get them at a hundred to one at some books, um, but at some places. But you know, the true price probably should be more like two hundred. But there can, so can who do you actually? So who do you think the actual favorite is to win it? The reverse question. Well, Rory is the favorite, and he is probably correctly so. But it's hard to bet him when there's golfers of his status that are double his price. Um, and, but he Got is it. playing such good golf right now, and he and and and, and the thing is, this is—I won't call it a bomber's course, but the fairways are really wide, so they can kind of bomb and gouge it a little bit. But if you miss the fairway, you're going to be in in a penal rough big time. And there's over a hundred bunkers on the course, which I'd say normally there's 50 on a course. I'm guessing. I don't know. Um, so so they got to be kind of accurate off the tee, but. It, I think it sets up perfect for Rory's game, but it's just hard to take him at a 12-to-1 price. You can get John Rahm, who is just as good as him, double the price. Just an example. Not like, uh, him, but just an example. Well, because the fiancé hey. said Xander Shoffley is the smart bet. Who did? Xander. You're, you're, I know. he uh, he is, he's, he's, no, he's won three tournaments in a row. Um. But it's the last time somebody won the Scottish Open and the U, and the and the British Open the same year was, I think it was Phil Mickelson 15 years ago. It's just a hard thing to do. But yeah, he is playing amazing golf. There's no doubt about it. And it's hard to bet him too because I mean he's priced like 17 to one. And with people like Scotty Scheffler, who's the number one ranked golfer in the world, priced higher than he is. But Xander's playing like the number one golfer right now. There's no doubt about it. But it, it, I mean, to win four tournaments in a row, that's going to be an impressive feat if that happens. Really tough to do. And also, big feel like that. Also, so I, uh, also, so she won't break up with me. I have to mention this, Mike. She won the long drive for women's in our best ball tournament on Monday. There you go. She's been practicing with you, huh? Practicing, got her a little dialed in. Got her a new driver. Got it dialed in, and. uh and she's smart, uh, man. Softball you buy her everything. Golfer. Yeah, buy her the nicest club, nicer than yours, so she feels obligated to play. But now you have an excuse to play more. <laughs> that's what I would do. Yeah, that's a good that's, idea. That's, that's, that's date night now. Now it's date day. We go out yeah, on the court. Yeah, I buy her a little sandwich, sandwich on the turn. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, perfect. We're all dressed up for it. She's laughing. She's sitting next to me laughing right now, so. Perfect, perfect. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I want to, before we bring uh, our man, our football specialist on, Alan, I want to ask you a question, uh, Micah, because now we got to talk about this futures ticket. The, not, the hottest team in baseball, my Baltimore Orioles, 44 and 44 on the season, the most profitable team in baseball. What's that ticket you got again? <laughs> Maybe I can buy my ticket. Uh, my ticket's basically thrown in the trash can. They have to win the East, and that's not going to happen. I mean, that, they're they're still 18 games behind the Yankees. Uh, but now you can bet them 25 to one right now to make the playoffs, which you know could be a decent bet. Uh, my son thinks they're going to slip the, in. My son thinks they're going to slip in I, hardcore. I think. You need to hit that FanDuel kiosk right up the road and, and go and put a hundred bucks on that at least, right? 
Just for your son's sake. Exactly. A hundred percent. Yeah, I was. I was just one. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 like he said, we our division is so tough that no matter how good we are, it's we're going to always be at the bottom. What's that? It's tough. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, it's like well, it's, we'll, uh, it's it's. We'll, we'll go ahead, Mike. We have Tampa Bay twice. The next three series, Mike, are extremely tough. So um, we'll see how they – because the the whole thing – and, again, I look into the numbers a little bit more than just the hype of winning. All these wins on the nine-game win streak were with teams below a 500 record. So still hard to win. I'm not saying anything. I'm not taking anything away from them. But now these next three series, I want to see how they do against winning – record teams, teams above 500. So I guess the next couple of weeks, well, we're not going to see a couple of weeks. It'll be this week, and then after All-Star break, we're going to really see what they're made of. So I'm excited. But, hey, guys, i got to run. Have a great rest of the show. I'll, I'll be listening um, as Alan, the master of football, comes on. I'm excited to hear him. You guys have a great day. You got it, buddy. Have fun. So, uh, Micah, real quick before we bring out. Um, you were you were a pit you are a baseball player and this is what I always say and I you know obviously Dave is very analytical and he has the systems but this is why I would never lay three hundred on a team. Yesterday on my YouTube channel I gave out uh, the the Reds plus money and the Reds plus one and a half plus money. I love that spot. It's a positive EB spot when you have the plus one and a half plus money. Even Dave agrees to that. My question is. You know, you look at the stats. I was reading the write-up this morning. The Yankees were 49-0 and after having a lead in the eighth inning. Cincinnati oh, wow. was 0 Cincinnati. Wait, it gets better. Cincinnati was 0-48, losing in the eighth inning. R- wrap your head around that. You got one team that's 49-0, and winning after eight. You got another team that's 0-48, losing after eight. They bring in the closer, Clay Holmes, 4-0. He get, has his first loss, gives it up. They lose the game. The moral of that, the, 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 this is what I always tell people, and, and again, from a baseball point of view, if you like Cole, you bet the first five innings. Don't even put mm-hmm. yourself in that situation. What's your, what's your just – what is your perspective of, I don't know if you, you know, when, the, when you'd be playing baseball in college and the pitcher would pitch a great game, then they'd sure. hand the ball off, and then the other guy would come in and blow the game. The pitcher, the starting pitcher, was he, like, losing his mind, or was he just like, ah, Oh, yeah, oh, game. yeah. No, there's definitely. They'd go into the back room and yeah, yell or something. No doubt about it, because they wanted that win. And, and I agree. I think your handicap, if you're betting four games, has to factor in, even if it's five percent of the entire game, bullpen. You got to factor that in how good the bullpens are because the starters rarely going to pitch nine innings. Um, but yeah, so I you agree. Think a guy like Cole, Cole was Cole was lit up yesterday. He was not happy. I, well, I'm sure, I'm sure, but you know, those guys are professionals. They, they no, and, 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 and well, and, and then the, in, in the Yankees' point of view, they got such a big lead. He may not be as mad about it as usual, but he is like a Cy Young contender, so I'm sure he gets a big bonus if he does get that award at the end of the year, but yeah, and I think inside he was, but 
I think if you're going to be focused on starting pitching, you have to focus on the first five minutes. I agree with that. Just taking the numbers out of it. You have to look at that 100%. First. Yeah. And, again, even today when I look at the screen today, it's like, again, when I lay $338 on the Yankees, no way because the truth of the matter is they're so far ahead. I almost think – because they're so far ahead, it's demotivating where, you know, we have a mutual uh, client slash friend, Dave, that we talked to down there in Florida where you're at. And, sure. uh, you know, like he was saying, he, he has a system where he's going to start fading the Yankees because he thinks that they're not going to really – They it's like, it's like the horse came around the curve too quick. It's like right. they got plenty – they can do – they can have an eight-game losing streak. It's not really going to matter. For the you Orioles, know what I mean? Like, like I said, you'd want the you'd want the Yankees and the Red Sox to get to this huge lead just so they can clinch early, and then maybe they bring in like September call-ups in September where they're not playing the starters, and so the Orioles can you know if, they're, if they can stay within three to four games of the wild card, that would be the best opportunity. You don't want the Yankees to to be fighting for it the whole entire year, right? But yeah. And uh, do we have Alan on? Is Alan on with us? I'm here, John. There he How is. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. So listen, ironically, one hour ago, you probably didn't know this, one hour ago, just coincidence, CBS put out their reformed top 25 one hour ago. And I'm looking at it right now. So I'm just going to give you my rundown, and we're going to talk about some dark horses in the, in the NCAA because for everybody that doesn't know Alan, Alan has his own site, wagervice.com. He is a football freak. Um, I think there's a little rivalry in your office. One of the guys is a fan of an opposing college team and tries to wear all the gear around you, and that can, that can cause friction because for you guys, College football is not a sport; it's a religion. Am I, am I close there? Oh yeah, we, we, we we've been on the borderline of having a couple of fist fights in there, and I guarantee it's probably going to happen. He keeps wearing that ugly orange. So for the for all, for all so for all the listeners, tell everybody your team and what his team is and why there's the issue first before we oh. get into the college football. So so right now, uh, John, I'm at home. I, I am uh, at Ground Zero, the epicenter of college football, uh, Athens, Georgia. And okay. uh, I, I got a uh, I got a, a guy that works with me here, and um, next door in his office he has the ugliest Florida football sign I've ever seen. And <laughs> if you don't know, uh, the rivalry between Georgia and Florida, in my opinion, as a diehard Georgia fan, is probably the the most hated team in my eyes, mainly because I'm 43 and growing up in the 80s and 90s. Other than when we won that championship way back in the 80s, in the early 80s, uh, Florida had our number. At one point, we went 0-14. We lost 14 straight years to Florida. Uh, we had a win, and then we lose about another six in a row. So I can't stand them. Uh, and, uh, we've, uh, we've obviously owned them the last uh, six, seven years since Kirby's came to town. Uh, thank you, Lord, for that. Uh, so yeah, uh, Florida, and we have a lot of rivals. Tennessee, uh, you know, South Carolina's rival. Auburn, uh, deep, uh, deep South's uh, oldest rivalry. Of course, uh, Georgia Tech is a clean old-fashioned hate, uh, is the coin to that game. But you know, it's not even a game anymore these days. Uh, but in my mind, uh, until the day I die, 
Florida will be the most hated team in my eyes. So, yeah, there's a fist fight going to happen if I keep seeing red, uh, blue, and orange so, right there. So let me ask you a question since I know who, you're, who the guy in the office is with you. He is from Athens. So how many people from Athens have jumped the wagon, or was it that he has family there or he went to school there? No, no, How no. How does that so, happen? So that's the thing. He's, he's not from Athens. Because there, there's, I, I can guarantee you this, there's not a living, breathing soul in the 45-minute range of Athens, Georgia that's not a Georgia Bulldogs fan. Because, like you said, it's a religion. Got it. I, I thought he was brought up in the same area as you. He just different no, part he, of he, he he's, he's from he's from the south, but I don't think it's uh, right around Virginia somewhere as where he's originally from. So he he migrated down this way, and uh, somewhere or another, uh, I think he's a Tebow fan or something. I don't know. I I, I think I'm gonna have to get him tested uh, to make sure he's all there mentally. So. Every time he FaceTimes me and I see him wearing the Florida hat, I just got to laugh because I know you're on the other side of the office wanting to rip it off his head. Uh, oh, it's coming. Uh, uh, I'm telling you right now. Isn't that, it's robbery, coming. Isn't that Georgia-Florida rivalry 50-50 over to, like, the long run? Really close. I can win yeah, I think Yeah, uh, I think we took the lead in the last year or so. Uh, That's crazy. That's I sick think, how, that, yeah. how that works out. Yeah. So let me ask you. Let's talk about it real quick. The reformed uh, the 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 uh, the standings for right now. Obviously, it's July. Anything could change. Yeah, and I want to. You can tell me after. I'll just give you the top ten if you think you know some of these numbers. These teams are out of whack and don't deserve to be in that spot. And then we can talk about some dark horses. Oklahoma State. They have ranked number one. USC number two. Oregon. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oregon. Are you is this, uh, right. Yeah. This, this is football. Hold on. Let me just double check that if I'm looking at it wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's not right. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. All right. I got it. I, uh, let me just do it again. That was uh, some clickbait nonsense that I was clicking on. Yeah, I, I pulled it up. Uh, since you mentioned that, I had to go look. So what, to read it to me. Read me the top ten since you got it up before me. So they, they, they moved Georgia up to number one in their revised poll. Uh, Alabama two, Michigan three, Cincinnati four, Ohio State five, Baylor six, Oklahoma State seven, Notre Dame eight, Michigan State nine, and Oklahoma ten. That's not preseason right, so. rankings. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, it was the same thing last week. Cincinnati. So the question, no way. No, that's yeah. not yeah. right. What they, that's what they got. But I'm going to tell you that's this. Gotta be final. I, I've got to be final ranking. I would tell, right, tell you right off the uh, – uh, let me see here. CBS Sports ranking. You, you might be right. Let me see. AP Top That's 25. not right. So they got uh, – yeah, that's got to be uh, – that's got to be last year. Ohio State's up there. right there, Michael. I'm on NCAA.com. It's called the Way Too Early Rankings, NC, their actual website. It has Alabama yeah, number one, Ohio yeah, State right. number two, that's Georgia right. number three, Texas A&M number four, Notre Dame that's five, right. Utah six, Clemson seven, Oklahoma wow. State eight, Michigan nine, and Wake Forest ten. 
So the question that I have for you is, I got to go back to you talking about this rivalry. You're 43. I'm just a little older than you. I'm 49. I'm tired of Alabama. Like, what does it take to have them not even in the one, two, three spot? Or is it just their recruiting is so strong? Like Mike said last week, we're just stuck with this for forever. Oh uh, yeah, well, like, I tell you what it's going to. I got the I got the answer that everybody's look, looking for. I know exactly what it's going to take to get Alabama not at this, one, two, or three. You ready? Go ahead. Nick Saban's got to retire. As long as Nick Saban is there running Alabama, they're going to be at the top. There's no doubt about it. There's, I mean, there, there's no question. Um, he has since surpassed Bear Bryant. He is by far the best. And I hate to say it, I grip my teeth when I say it, but can't deny he's the best college football coach in history of, of in, in history of the sport. Uh, and as long as he's there, he's going to find a way to navigate the the, the NIL, um, uh, you know, uh, paying the, the players with their name, image, and likeness. He's going to figure out a way to work the uh, transfer portal. Anything that comes up that's new, he's going to figure out a way to do it, and he's going to he's going to keep them at the top until he decides to hang up the whistle. So that, what do you think, Micah? Is that a fair assessment? Or yeah, that's you think a very it's, fair uh, assessment. That's very fair. Uh, I want to know uh, Allen's opinion on Clemson Tigers. I mean, I, I've been doing a lot of research. Their defense looks amazing coming into the season. What do you think? So, give me just a second. I'll tell you here. I'm, I'm gonna, I just want to pull up their schedule while, while we're talking here. So, uh, Clint, here's what I think Clemson. They're going to uh, – the ACC is weak. It's been weak for right. uh, since uh, uh, Dabo got them near the top. Uh, the ACC has been weak. So looking at their schedule, they're going to crush Georgia Tech. They're playing the likes of Furman and Louisiana Tech. I mean, come on now. Uh, I heard John right. say that Wake Forest was in that top ten. Is that what you said? Yeah, the, they were the last one. They were ten. So they must have brought everybody Wake on offense. That's his fourth game of the year. Um, I would imagine that uh, they're going to get some of those offensive woes that they had last year. Fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Here's the thing. In today's college football, and I'm going to say this, uh, I'm going to preface what I'm about to say with this. Offense is what wins in today's college football. Unless you have a generational type of defense like Georgia had last year. Now, that was that stacks up to one of the best defenses in the history of college football, up against the 2001 Hurricanes, the 2011 Crimson Tide. I mean, it's right there, one of the best defenses in the history of college football, and that's why they leaned on their defense. But they, their offense was okay as well. Does Clemson, they have a good defense? Oh, they're going to have a bang-up defense. But they're going to be playing the likes of these ACC weak teams. Right. So when they go, are they going to make the playoff? Yeah, I'll put my money on them making the playoff because they're playing in the weak ACC. Is the defense mm-hmm. going to be good? Absolutely. It's going to stack up statistically good. Is the offense going to fix itself? I think so. Uh, but when they go play someone like Alabama and Bryce Young, uh, C.J. Stroud, Ohio State, Destin Bennett, and, and that Georgia offense that's returning to maybe the best tight end uh, freshman season ever, uh, along with uh, the best offensive line of college football uh, in Georgia, they face those in the playoffs, I and mean, I just don't think they stand a chance if they make the playoffs to even get out of there just because they're not playing anyone that's going to give them any sort of uh, – they're not going to be tested. They're not going to be tested. If they begin to struggle like they seem, tend to do at from time to time during the regular season and like they did all season last year, 
then it's they're going to be tough sledding. Out. I mean, I, if, if it was if it was on me putting them in a college football playoff, they can go undefeated. But they have close games. I'm not putting them in because when they go play an undefeated Alabama, an undefeated Georgia, an undefeated Ohio State. They're going to get boat raced. Mm-hmm. I got you. When I look when I place a future, I'm thinking I was debating Clemson. I'm only considered are they going to get in the playoffs, and I worry about it from there at that point because they got the so, two yeah, games, so and you I can. Right, and I, I, I there's thing they've got uh, Wake Forest and Wake Forest is uh, uh, I mean I live breathing and, and eat live breathe college football, but I didn't know Wake Forest was anticipated to be as good as uh, possibly in the in the top twenty, much less top ten. So that's going to be a game. Uh, but we're talking about Clemson. They're they they they're a, a blue blood at this point. NC State's going to have a they're going to have a really good team. Uh, but again, are they is it a Clemson? Is it a Georgia Alabama? No. But that's going to be good. I think they could win both of those. The other one, Notre Dame. They have Notre Dame on November fifth. Miami's going to be improved. Um, do I think they make? I, I personally think they've got to go undefeated in the regular season to make Joe, the playoffs. Just so right. you, just so you know, just so you know, NC State on the early card is number fifteenth ranked. Yeah. Just so you know right. that because you mentioned NC State. Yeah. Twenty. Just so you guys know the the. Let's see. Do you know the twenty fifth team on the way too early? I'll give it to you. It's Cincinnati. Twenty four is Tennessee. Twenty three is Wisconsin. 22 is BYU, 21 is USC. And the reason why I bring those up regarding that, uh, Micah, is because those are the teams historically that a guy like Dave or even Al over at Wager Vice will bet on because we're not going to get value. Brian hated that word, laying 38 points on Alabama opening weekend. Right. You're, you're talking about right. these teams being undefeated, but we can agree, Al, that Alabama could be undefeated and only cover 50% of their games like they did last year. Oh, yeah, 100%. And so 100%. my question is, let's talk, let's talk about that for a second for the listeners. When a team, when a, a team they're playing uh, Utah State, first game, they're laying 38 on the opening number. Let's say they're up 31 at half. What do you and Mike think? Because you, I defer to you guys as the experts. Do you think in the locker room Saban goes in there and says, "All right, guys, we're going to win the game. Just put all the scrubs in," and then they get the back. Then the dog gets the backdoor cover. Because that's my experience. I always like to take Alabama in the first half, leave them alone in the second half, and then watch them just give it up in the second half. Or do you think I'm being too simplistic? I think, I mean, I think it depends on the opponent. Here's the thing. Alabama's crushing a lot of opponents, including conference foes. But when they're playing someone like Utah State, you got to think Alabama's scrubs are better than the That's best right. player on Utah State, right? you got four and five stars littered across the field. So even the third strings are four and five stars, where Utah State's got walk-ons. they got one star, two stars. They get a three-star recruit. They're, they're – they're, they're high-fiving each other over there. So, but if they're playing someone like, let's say, Alabama's playing Mississippi State and they're an 18-point favorite and they're up by 24 at the half, at that point it's a little different because yeah, they're gonna they're gonna take not necessarily take the uh, foot off the pedal, but uh, I believe that yeah, they do start putting in some reserves. And but some of those reserves, Mississippi State, someone like Mississippi State, their starters can stack up to those. So that's where I, I do think it depends on the the opponent. Uh, when you're when you're looking at that, 
Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. And also, the books know that Alabama is very good at covering that first half, and that number is always inflated. I mean, time and time, there would be minus 35 in the game, but the first half number would be 21 and a half. All, you know, they, right. they inflate it on purpose because everybody's going to bet it regardless. And the guys and syndicates would usually fade that because the line was too high, correct? Even if they lost. Normally, yeah, normally, but they still don't. That's not, that's not to say they didn't get crushed doing it, too. But oh, no, no, I didn't say that. 100%. I'm not saying that they didn't get it almost. But it, it, it's interesting because when I look uh, last year, just so you guys know, the number one team against the spread was Michigan. They were 11-3, and 78.6% against the spread. Followed by Oklahoma State was ten and three, so the two top teams in the top twenty-five last year, Michigan and Oklahoma State. While Michigan had an amazing season and was covering every game, so that that's kind of a unique situation where they're winning every game and covering every game. Yeah, and I think the reason that is, uh, no one, including the, the boys in the desert thought that Michigan would make it to, uh, you know, as far as they did to the playoff. Um, that being so, they were a surprise team to everybody. So, of course, even uh, to the guys in the desert, they went to some games that they thought they, they were the underdogs and then covered a few more than they than they realized just because they were one of the surprise teams of the entire season. So, let me ask you both this because, believe it or not, we only have 10 minutes left. It goes quick. Let me ask you, Micah, from a betting point of view, Versus the uh, the stats that uh, that Allen is in on at Wager Vice, when you see a team like New Mexico, and they were they were the worst team ATS, they were one and eleven ATS, <laughs> hard to believe. Followed by Indiana, two and ten ATS, and Temple up above me in Philadelphia, two and ten ATS. Do you think that? Uh, the sharp, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say the public, because the public isn't looking at these numbers. Do you think guys, uh, syndicates, i.e., Dave and other groups, are going to be honing in on taking those horrible teams because they're going to be they're going to be an inflated line against those teams because of what they did last year? I think they all look at who's returning, and, and if they have a full roster returning, sure, definitely. But if somebody like New Mexico State graduated eight players on their offense, six or seven on defense, they they, I don't know, that may still scare them off. I think they and, and coaching as well. Who's their coach? They get a new coach from a different team, stuff like that. They still think that plays a factor in the beginning of the year before you just blindly play something. That's just my opinion on it. Um, and uh, just so you know, uh, okay, good answer. And just so you know, uh, Allen, Georgia was ten and five ATS, so they they were profitable up five units, but. What do you think of that? That last year they, you know, they they were you were up five units if you bet them every game. Yeah, I think that uh, you know, as it's a hometown team, so of course I'm close. I'm following them even even closer than I do some of the others. Um, and you could just tell that there was a difference uh, with that Georgia team last year. You could just tell. So uh, you know, I made a good bit of money last year betting on Georgia. Just because some of these games, these SEC opponents, uh, conference games, they tend to uh, keep it a little closer than uh, you know than if you really follow the team, you see what's coming in on them. 
you, you, they just tend to keep it a little closer, right? Um, and Georgia is on another level. Uh, I mean, there's three teams in college football. They're on another level. They, they, they can't be touched. Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. Um, the SEC, but, but for, but for the betting, knows, for, for, but for the betters, I'll defer to Georgia because Georgia was ten and five ATS last year. Yeah. For all the listeners, Alabama was eight and seven. Yeah, they were only up one and that, game. And that's, and that's what I'm saying. And that, that's what I'm saying is Alabama nationwide, and Georgia's a, a national program at this point too. But in Alabama, everybody knows Alabama. They've been at the top since 2007. So everybody and their brother, you're talking about the public, right? The public is going to skew those lines as well. The public is just hammering Alabama. Oh, Alabama, Alabama, Alabama. Nick Saban, Nick Saban, Nick Saban. So they got to they've got to inflate that line for them because they know the money's coming in on Alabama due to public perception. Georgia, on the other hand, uh, while they're a blue blood of college football, they're just in the last four or five years have, have got back to the pinnacle, right? So they're not on the public's radar as much as Alabama is. Now, I would imagine um, going into it this season that those numbers are going to be more set towards the Alabama side, right? That's what I think has happened, uh, say, last year. Uh, I, I do anticipate those numbers being uh, a little a little bit more towards Alabama this year if if the guys in the desert are right, right? If, if, if they're on, I think those numbers are going to come back to a reality a little bit this year for Georgia on the ATS. Oh, so you think it's going to be more of a 50-50 season, not a not – Yeah, I think almost it's like – Al- Almost like Alabama yeah. where you got to pick your spots. Yes. Right, because, I mean, the, the, the bad teams historically are the ones that you make the money covering. Not to say that, like I said, Michigan was an outlier. Winning right. and covering is is that – and, you know, to me that's just an outlier. You know, you, you know I look at these teams, in the, and, again, fundamental principles of professional betting is obviously you're going to make more money on the worst teams because you're getting larger numbers. I just question, like I said early in the season – It'll be interesting to see how that Alabama line moves. Let me ask you this, because we've got about five minutes left. The line currently is 38. Do you think it will go over 40 or go down or stay the same by tip, by kickoff, not tip, kickoff? Is that, uh, is that the Alabama minus 38 was against Utah State? Correct. That's the first game of the season. Man, you start hitting 40, that is a lot. I, I can't see. I, I I see. I can't not see it stay, uh, going above forty. I, mean, I just can't. That's just a lot. And I know it's Alabama. I know it's Utah State. And I'm gonna say this: Utah State has a a very good season coach. They're returning some good players. They're a good program. Of course, they're nowhere near uh, even uh, sniffing Alabama's level. Point being, um, I mean, first game of the season, Alabama, Utah State's gonna be hyped up. Alabama. So, you know, so here's here, so just just. Just for you guys, this is some funny stuff. So it's Utah State's second game of the season. The first game, they are 28-point favored. Utah State is against Connecticut. Then they turn around and they go to Alabama on the early numbers, and they're a 38-point dog. (laughs) (laughs) So that's all you need to know about Alabama. I've never seen a skew of that from one game to the other. Um, so it's going to be actually Utah State's second game. So what I think what happens is they're going to adjust that line off with the better seat on that first game, knowing they're playing Alabama in the second game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Let's say they're a 28-point favorite and they win by 50. Well, maybe maybe, right. maybe that line will go down because the public, like 
Brian always says, forget about the last game. Public perception, oh, they just won a game by 50, and now they're getting 38. That thing could go all the way down to a key number of 35. Right. Five mm-hmm. touchdowns. Yep. So that's the, one of the things that we're way ahead of and looking. But like I said, I'm excited. For all you guys that want to find out about uh, my man Alan, wagervice.com is his website. I'm running a special promotion with Alan. If you call his college football, is 5000 for the season on his website. For all you listeners, if you want to get a discount, as always, you can call me directly because I am the Syndicate Insider. Micah, as always, you can watch his bio at the legend next door. We're all real people. And by the way, I got to tell you, for all you guys, if you go to Wager Vice, that little cartoon character, it is the man. It looks exactly <laughs> like you. Whoever, whatever artist did that, it's unbelievable. It's like a photo, not a picture. So, like I said, he is our college football specialist. Mike is on the beach relaxing. You're up there in Athens, Georgia, wearing your Florida Gator. <clears throat> I'm sorry, your uh, your uh, your Georgia hat. And uh, let's, you know, like I said, before you blink, guys, it's going to be August 27th, and we're going to have college football. Yes, it is. Definitely. I got I to give a real quick shout-out to uh, to my wife because I heard Mike before I come on talking about, uh, I guess he had his girl playing golf with him. And his fiance, I, yeah, I, yeah, I need yeah. to know the secret to get I need to know the secret to get my, my, my wife out to the golf course, but I will say we celebrate our 18th year. Michael, uh, Michael already gave you the secret. Michael gave you the secret. You. Right. Buy the, mo- the well, most I, expensive clubs more than yours so she'll feel obligated to play. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I've already got a, uh, I got a, a foot in the door because we, we went and played top golf when we were at the beach a few weeks ago on our 18-year wedding anniversary, she beat me at Top Golf, and I have not heard the end of it since. I just sent Micah a picture. They're opening up uh, Top Golf right here next to the Raven Stadium. It's between the Horseshoe Casino and the Raven Stadium. We know gamblers like to get ga- uh, golfers like to gamble. They stuck it literally yeah. between the casino and the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so that, that's going to be some fun when you guys come up here. But like I said, you know, again, for all you listeners out there, uh, Mike is going to send me the link to that podcast that has no affiliation with us. I'll post it out on our Telegram channels. You can hear about guys going on two-month, three-month losing streaks. It's just good free information for you guys to understand variance and what we do. And, yep. again, it's not about sitting in front of the screens. Mike is at the beach. Alan's at home. Mike's at the beach. Everybody's living their lives. You're not going to change the outcome of the game. I woke up this morning. I saw I won on Cincinnati on my free lean. I didn't watch the game because I'm not going to change the game. And that's what I think, you know, one of the things people have to understand. Sitting in front of the computer, sitting in front of the screens, 10 hours a day is not the way to make money in sports betting. We'll be back next week. SportsInsiderRadio.com. Bye-bye.